0: Welcome, one and all. Nice to have you with us. All of a sudden, I like Mondays now.
1: It's fun. Yes. Never liked
0: Mondays, because why? Well, they were Mondays.
1: So and you now, don't have the Sunday scaries, as they say.
0: Exactly. Right. Because I look forward to uh, being with you, breaking it down, or as we like to say, kibitzing. <laughs> kibitzing. <laughs> About what transpired over the weekend. And my, oh my, there's a little bit to unpack. Geez,
1: what do you want to talk about?
0: I don't know. (laughs) Got some nice veal recipes I could share. Um, Well, yeah, uh, things went very well in East Lansing. Things went well in A Squared. Fort Field, not so much. Uh, That's how we begin this exciting edition of the WJR Sportsbook. Steve Courtney along with Jamie Edmonds from WDIV. and uh, You know what? Uh, Just put our cards on the table. Uh, I loved the game plan that Lions defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn came through with. It was very effective.
1: The defense was buzzing. Lamar Jackson was never that comfortable.
0: Offensively, did enough to win. Mm -hmm. But, and look, I'm going to be completely honest, if I can. Please. As it applies to this Lions team, I used to poo-poo all this curse talk. Nonsense. Mm -hmm. The curse. Come on. What is this? Right. Maybe a Lions organizational member years ago went to the pyramids and took something. If that was the case, could you take it back? Because it has to come into play after we witnessed what we did yesterday.
1: Look, when you first get here, you think it's hooey as well. No, there's no curse. But the story after story of the worst possible things to happen to an organization happened to the Lions. And again, how could that ball hit the crossbar and go forward through the uprights? Like you'd think it would hit and come backwards and oh no, it's too short, lines. win.
0: Halfway there. The ball said to itself, it's the Lions. (laughs) And then the ball forced itself to hit the crossbar and go over. Look, the Lions were living large when Ryan Santoso kicks that 35-yard field goal with 104 left. You're thinking, okay, now let's see what happens. But you know what? On that drive, see if you can cur. Jane Lions have it. 1st and 10 at the Ravens 13. You've got TJ Hawkinson, who is going to be an All-Pro for years to come in this league. He's been targeted twice. One of the reasons everybody got so excited about TJ Hawkinson when he got here was, boy, this is going to be great for red zone offense, huh? Mm -hmm. They ran it three straight times. What are you trying to protect here?
1: Why aren't you going for the touchdown?
0: Well, that's my point exactly. Because... If you punch that in, a field goal is not going to matter.
1: Who cares then? Right. I I don't know. Why run the ball three times there and settle for a Ryan Santoso field goal?
0: And I thought, you know, this is not good. And then on the Ravens' subsequent possession, following that go-ahead field goal, the defense continues to swarm.
1: Well, Dan Campbell said... They ran it three times because he wanted to put the ball in the defense's hands because they had done a great job, you know, with Lamar Jackson and everything all game. So, okay, fine. So then the first three downs, they were aggressive. They brought pressure. They sacked Lamar Jackson twice. He had one incomplete pass. Things were looking good for that defense.
0: Things were looking uh, very good. And then uh, we get to fourth and 19.
1: Let's take a timeout first. Yes, (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay. Time out and yeah, I'm thinking right. what what? What oh why? Oh, okay. All right. 4th and 19. And Lamar Jackson does what Lamar Jackson has been known to do and he finds Sammy Watkins. And it was that at that exact point having been around this Lions team for a lot of years, I predicted disaster.
1: Well, right, but why not bring the same pressure on fourth and nineteen? Now, a football guy I was talking to yesterday, a producer of mine, was saying, "Well, because you don't, you want, you don't want to give up that long pass." Okay, so they drop back, but why is Sammy Watkins so open?
0: Well, you put uh, you you put Lamar Jackson in a situation where he had obviously ample time to survey the field. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's Lamar Jackson or whomever in the national football league. You give them enough time, they're going to find something. Now, I agree going back. I say you stick with who brought you to the dance and you bring pressure because the Ravens' offensive line had no answer for what the Lions were doing defensively.
1: Right. Just do it one more time.
0: So there you go. Sammy Watkins, 4th and 19, game on. I didn't know if it was going to be a late touchdown throw uh, or a much, much closer field goal than 66 yards. But that's what happens. Now, Lions fans are screaming at the radio right now. The play clock expired. And the play clock did expire.
1: Yes. What you saw in the stadium, what you saw on your television, it came down to zero. It was a good two seconds before the Ravens snapped the ball. The referee saying... Well, the back judge was in full view of the snap and of the right. clock, and they have their own clock, and there's no issue.
0: Well, and I haven't had it substantiated yet. I would imagine that the play clock that we see on TV is synced up to the play clock in the stadium.
1: I assume. I cannot confirm. But I I assume. When you see delay game calls all the time, we're watching football on TV, it's synced up.
0: But I read uh, Justin Rogers' pool report. Justin, of course, uh, Lions beat writer with the Detroit News. And the referee said it is the back judge. It is his responsibility to look at the play clock and act accordingly. And he was under the impression that the back judge did his job.
1: Mm -hmm. But he wasn't sure either. If you read that pool report, Justin Rogers says, so you're saying there was no discrepancy. He's like, well, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the guy was in position.
2: And he and hadn't
0: seen the replay yet.
1: All the Lions were expecting an apology from the NFL did not come today. Well,
0: what's an apology from the NFL going to do? Nothing. I, you know, Dan Campbell said the exact same thing. Look, we'll get an apology, yada, yada, yada. means absolutely nothing. Uh, but, you know, again, here's the point. Things happen to the Detroit Lions that only happen to the Detroit Lions. We have seen it time and time again. Yes. Now, you can enter the play clock discrepancy as people's exhibit A, but then I would counter with 4th and 19.
1: <laughs> I mean, if you if you want to look at the, the whole game, it doesn't all come down to, I guess, one play. If the Lions made certain plays throughout the first half, we're not talking about this right now.
0: Look, there's reason to be optimistic. Uh, you know, again... I'm not a big believer in moral victories.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's a win-loss business. Period. And right now, the Lions are 0-3. And it hasn't been from a lack of effort. If you're Dan Campbell on that staff, you're feeling pretty good about that. These guys are playing their airs off. I think the Lions running game is going to only get better, and I think it's pretty stout right now. You take a look at uh, what the deal was. Uh, DeAndre Swift, 14 carries, 47 yards. He had another 60 uh, on seven receptions. Uh, Jamal Williams, 12 carries, 42. They had 93 yards as a team. So the nucleus of this Lions team is up front with that offensive line. And uh, you don't have Taylor Decker, and it's going to get better when he returns. Uh, So, you know, we'll see. But
1: It's, it's just it's It just stinks. Last night on Sports Final Edition, we did this package where we went back and we played all the plays, you know, where the lines got screwed, basically. Full sound, just so we could all relive it. It's tough. The what? Calvin Johnson breaking the plane, the picking <sighs> up of the um, flag in Dallas. I mean, there's just so much material to choose from. It's upsetting.
0: It just ha- and, and that's what Jared Goff said. The gut punches are going to stop.
1: Well... I also wanted to say, kind of like, welcome to Detroit, Jared.
0: That's what my dad said to me just before Tom Dempsey hit the sixty-three yarder at Tulane Stadium a billion years ago,
1: nineteen seventy. Oh. sixty-three yarder, same score, well, nineteen seventy.
0: Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. A sixty-six yard field goal from a dude who eight years ago had a sixty-one yarder to win it.
1: Mm-hmm. Twenty thirteen. I just can't come to Detroit. Lightning's not
0: supposed to strike twice. That's all I'm saying. Good
1: times.
0: Justin Tucker. Not invited back anymore.
1: Oh, did you hear his press conference, too? That was tough. He said he wants to buy property here because he loves it so much here, Tucker.
0: Well, you know what? Our place-kicking position is kind of wide open, isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. Work
0: out a trade. He likes it here.
1: Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> Come on.
0: Hey, play here all the time. Welcome. Welcome to have you. Mr. 66-yarder. Steve Courtney, Jamie Edmonds here with you. It is the WJR Sportsbook. Uh, We'll talk about it some more. We will with Mike O'Hara coming up on WJR.
3: Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook with Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Sponsored by WinBet. Download the WinBet app today on the Apple Store or on Google Play. Win with WinBet. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds.
0: You know, I've said it uh, a gazillion times, and I'm going to make it a gazillion and one. I am thoroughly convinced that the Detroit Lions fans, uh, collectively, uh, the best in the National Football League because of what you've witnessed for years and years now. Uh, Yesterday, uh, watching it on the tube, uh, the cameras would pan, and this place was going absolutely nuts that the Lions were in a situation to win a football game. When they were severe underdogs. And then again, victory was taken away. 1917, the Ravens win it. Guy that was there, the one, the only Mo Better Blues, our official Lions correspondent, Michael O'Hara. Mo, what's happening?
2: Hey, thanks for saying that. I still got my WJR uh, broadcast flag or whatever you call those things. So oh, yeah. I'll hang on to it forever.
0: Yeah, you keep it. I will <laughs> means nothing to me. You go ahead. Uh, no money out of my <laughs> pocket.
2: Uh, there it is right there,
0: Mike. You've been around uh, for some gut punches. Yep. Jared Goff said they're going to end. Uh, that would be nice. Uh, but yesterday, the way it all unraveled, Mike, it had to be at the top of huge, lion disappointments in your career. Correct.
2: Well, it's it's not the biggest, but it's 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 up there just for for this moment in time. For what it would have meant to this group of players and this head coach and his, you know, and his his staff, what they're trying to accomplish, what they are slowly seem to be accomplishing. And then to have it, you know, just as they were climbing, 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 climbing yesterday, really made a great fourth quarter run. Then to have it all just fall, fall flat on them with you know, with one fellow kick, really just, it, it's gotta be as, as, as Jared Goff called it, a gut punch.
1: We want to talk about what you think about that 4th and 19, about the Lions' defensive coverage. What do you think about them sitting back?
2: Well, I I get that part because you want to, you know, it's it's sort of, let's just say it's 4th and and 20. You want to get back, some of your guys back 20 yards and move up and don't let anybody get behind you. I'm not a fan of not rushing. You know, I'm I'm really not a fan of them. But I I also understand it. I just don't care for it. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. But I don't like the three-man rush because you're not going to get anywhere. And they've been really, when you think about this, they had four quarterback sacks yesterday. Two of them came on that last possession of the Ravens. And really, they were really harassing Lamar Jackson. They really were. I just I just don't like that. I never have liked it. And I wouldn't all-out blitz and all that, I don't think. But I just think you want to get the – you just can't let the quarterback stand and pat, 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 pat the ball and throw it downfield because that's what can happen.
0: Uh, Mike, uh, that offensive possession uh, for the Lions prior to the Santoso game-leading field goal, you have it first and 10 at the Ravens 13. Uh, They decided, and they were obviously playing for the field goal, to run it three straight times. Were you in agreement with that? I'm under the impression, what are you trying to protect here? If you score a touchdown, a field goal doesn't matter. Your thoughts?
2: Well, if you get an incomplete pass, too, then you give them another you just tack on 40, 35 or 40 seconds to what they ended up having after the three runs. I'm not against the three runs at all, but I probably would have rolled out, you know, safety rollout and tell a quarterback either he's wide open or you just run and go and go down, but don't go out of bounds. But I write at that point, you know, the uh, the clock is your asset and it's and it's bleeding time away from your opponent. And so that, what you really want to do, you're playing the clock and you're and In terms of the field goal with Santoso, look, it's all or nothing. Either he makes it or he doesn't. If he misses, you're done. If he makes it, then you've got a chance to win. So I didn't really really quibble with that. I get it, though. I really do. I understand both of it. I wouldn't exactly call Jared Goff a running quarterback either. I don't think that's really his game.
1: Well, they ran the ball to kill the clock and force the Ravens to take a timeout so they would use up their timeouts, and then the Lions took a timeout. (laughs) <laughs> and well, Lamar the, Jackson well, came out and said they were appreciative of it.
2: Well, the clock was already stopped, though. It was not like they gave them any time. They didn't call a time out and then stop the clock. The clock was stopped. They just wanted to get you know get their guys organized and you know for that fourth. I think it was the fourth and nineteen play mm-hmm. when they called the timeout, out, right. and, and it didn't work. Look, I get your point on that. If you think you have them on the run, keep them on the run. But I still think any. I, I still think a, a professional football team with a quarterback who's been the MVP of the league, can get his thoughts together in 40 seconds. I don't think 40 seconds or a minute and 40 or whatever it would have been made any difference. I think the important thing was for the Detroit Lions to get their defense together. And based on what you know, Dan Campbell said yesterday after the game, and then again reiterated on his, Tuesday, on his Monday presser today, the Zoom presser with the media, everybody got it except one guy. And that one guy, whoever that is, you see what happened. Now, I appreciate it. Yeah, I have a hard time. Just one thing, Jamie. I had a hard time thinking that one guy is responsible for that, but but you never know.
1: Just quickly, I appreciate him not naming the guy. He's this player's coach, doesn't want right. to get this guy all the negativity when it, he doesn't deserve it.
2: Well, he deserves it internally. I, mm-hmm. I agree with you that you know Internally, you look. You make a mistake, you got to stand up and take it. That's that, that's part of everything from sports to what we all do, too. But but I, I agree with you. Uh, one thing about Campbell, he's, he's transparent with a lot of things, but he doesn't cross the line, and that would have been crossing the line, I think.
0: Sadly, Michael, I think we've gotten to a point uh, where instead of hanging Super Bowl banners, the Lions should start <laughs> hanging apology letters from the National Football League. <laughs> Uh obviously uh you know what I'm referencing here. Absolutely. Um yeah. and it, that that was blatant. I mean, historically in the NFL, we've seen it a gazillion times. Uh you're afforded a thousand one count as the clock expires, correct?
2: It's something like that. Something yeah, like that.
0: Yeah. But what transpired there was a hell of a lot longer than a thousand one count. So you know, I'll go
2: back yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to talk about the apology, what they refer to as the apology letter. This is nothing new. I'll go back when I was first on the beat deck in the 70s, and Monty Clark was the head coach, and he had something like this, not exactly, but he, somebody asked Monty what the uh, you know, the letter from the league goes like, and he said, it goes like this, you're right, we're wrong, bleep you. Uh, that's that's what he gets. All right. Uh, that's succinct.
0: What, that's what Campbell alluded to. All right, we'll that's get an apology 1970s, letter, so, you know, blah, blah, yeah. blah.
2: Yeah. You know, I'm sorry I backed into your car. By the way, I don't have insurance.
0: 66-yard field goal, Mike. Uh if I were to lay you as high odds as you possibly could want prior to that tilt yesterday, and I said this game is going to end on a 66-yard Justin Tucker field goal. You'd have been all over that, wouldn't you? <laughs>
2: If it's the Detroit Lions and something bad is going to happen, I have a hard time betting against it because I've seen it. I've seen it so much. I really have. I mean, just, I don't want to go into it, but you could probably write a pretty pretty thick book on the misfortunes of Detroit Lions when they had things in hand and all of a sudden, poof, they disappeared.
1: Where were you when Tom Dempsey set the record against the Lions
2: in 1970? I was keeping America, well, was keeping America safe as a soldier in Vietnam. Oh wow! <laughs> do you feel safer now? Yes, I do. Yes, as a matter thank of fact. you for your
1: service.
2: Uh, well, I'm not saying it for that, but no, I I think I read it on on Stars and Stripes, probably like ten days after it happened, something like that. And I, by the way, I had a good tour, so don't don't, don't give me any laudatory stuff or anything like that. But yeah, that's, I, it was. I just wasn't. I wasn't in in, in the country.
0: Well, you know what though, uh, you know what transpires yesterday, Mike. Uh, you know. And we discussed it. You know, the Lions fought back against the 49ers. They uh, presented themselves well for a first half uh, last Monday night against the Packers. Uh, put themselves in a position to beat a depleted Ravens team, but a good Ravens team nonetheless. And it didn't pan out. Uh, you get the impression uh, that Dan Campbell puts together a great staff. I thought Aaron Glenn put together a hell of a defensive plan. Um and is this what we're looking at this year with this Lions team, that they're going to compete, and that's it. In a win-loss business, this is it.
2: Well, pretty much, I think, excuse me, this is what a lot of people have predicted for the Lions. I mean, excuse me, the over-under, on the win total for the Detroit Lions in Las Vegas is four and a half, and only one, I think only one team is lower, and that's Houston with all the problems they have, and they've already won one game. So I'm not really surprised that, that they're having, I think they're having problems first of all, you look at the the start of the schedule, the first three games they played, and those are three teams that are I think they're all three of them are three and one right now, and they're all all of them solid playoff contenders, maybe even if they get on a run super Bowl contenders so no i'm not I'm not absolutely shocked at what has happened, but I will say that they've played good football at some point in all three of these games. They just haven't played enough of it and they haven't played it long enough I they mean, look. They dominated the fourth quarter of that game yesterday. They had the ball three on three possessions, they scored two touchdowns and a field goal and and, and it completely stymied, you know, the, the Ravens in that that period of time, stymied their offense. So, you know, look, give them credit, they played good ball, but but when you don't close the deal, this is what can happen to you.
0: All right, Mo, appreciate your time. Uh up next for your Detroit Lions little visit to uh the Windy City and those uh, one and two Chicago Bears. Michael, appreciate it.
2: All right, Jamie. Uh, Steve, thanks for having me. Thank now, I'm you. The one,
0: I'm the one with a deeper voice. <laughs> appreciate it, Mo. Okay. All right. That's uh, Michael O'Hara, a.k.a. Mo Better Blues. By the way, I, I, kind of ironic, isn't it, that Matt Prater, now with the Cardinals, lines up for a 68-yard field goal attempt against the Jags, falls short, the former Lion, Jamal Agnew, returns it an nfl record 109 yards
1: x line to x line how about
0: that it's yeah but we're talking about justin tucker launching that 66 yard missile for crying out loud and the former lion could have
1: could have beat that if anyone prater could have yeah i miss him it's just me shout out to you matt prater
0: you better believe it. Uh, listen, the news much better in East Lansing and A-Squared. We'll talk about that as we continue right here on the WJR Sportsbook.
3: Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook with Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Sponsored by WinBet. Download the WinBet app today on the Apple Store or on Google Play. Win with WinBet. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Well, i got to tell you,
0: the atmosphere at the woodshed, on the banks of the Red Cedar Saturday night, unbelievable as your Spartans played host to those Nebraska Cornhuskers. And uh, Michigan State's offense, uh, we've talked about it here on the sports book, uh, just electrifying throughout this early season, averaging 520 yards of offense, just under 40 points per game. Uh, well, listen, Nebraska comes in on a mission, and their defense, rather stingy allowing a mere 15.8 points per game. And they gave Sparty everything we wanted, no doubt about it. Uh, You take a look at some of these numbers. Uh, Total yards, Nebraska, 442, Michigan State, 254. Uh, As far as running the ball, and this has been uh, the Spartans' bread and butter as a team, uh, they had 71 yards total Mm
2: -hmm.
0: running. The Achilles' heel, third down efficiency. One of 10. It was unbelievable. So when Jaden Reed returns that punt, 62 yards for the tying score with 347 left in regulation, it was unbelievable.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it wasn't looking good. Kenneth Walker, we weren't hearing much from him. Peyton Thorne threw his first interception. Things are stalling. It's 20 to 13 late in the game. And then all of a sudden, here comes Jaden Reed.
0: Well, you mentioned K-9, Kenneth Walker the third, uh 61 yards, 19 carries, although But he got
1: some of that in the overtime.
0: 23-yard scamper that uh, sets up the uh, winning field goal. Uh, but, by the way, Chester Kimbrough with the pick in overtime. Uh, that was absolutely huge. Shout and out to him. Poor guy. He tried to take it to the house. Just kind of uh, ran out of gas, I would imagine. Uh, go ahead there, Nikki. You yeah, want to chime well, in? The you, former you were Spartan? on the
4: sidelines. Uh, the TV broadcast. I'm standing up in front of my TV watching because I can't sit sit still. And the uh, the color analyst goes, "Yeah, if MSU gets a pick six, it'll be over." And I'm thinking, like, what What are you even talking about? Two seconds later, he's got the interception. He's like ten yards from the end zone. I mean, it was a, a great call by the color guy on TV.
1: It's kind of Captain Obvious, sure, if they get a pick six. Yeah, and- but <laughs> I was
4: thinking, like, why Why would that happen? Like, what are the odds of that ever happening right. in overtime, a right. pick six to end it?
0: Well, uh, it looked good for a minute there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know what the thing is, and, and uh, Mel Tucker alluded to this uh, with us after the ball game, saying, look, you can look at the numbers all you want, uh, but the difference maker is – Making plays. So you don't get to where you want to be in football and in life without a little adversity along the way.
1: Well, that other coach in East Lansing loves a little adversity early on in the season, talking about Tom Izzo. So, yeah, yeah. this is how these guys, these kids are going to learn. You're down. You head into overtime. And Matt Coughlin's like, I got you.
0: Uh, By the way, Scott Frost, the uh, fine head coach of those Cornhuskers, said this after the game. We didn't have any business losing that game. Oh. He was a little cheesed uh, with his punter, a young fellow by the name of Daniel Cerny. Apparently, they called for a directional punt, and Mr. Cerny took it upon himself uh, to kick it Directly to to Jaden Reed. Well, Jalen Naylor was back there as well, and he was kind of like a decoy, and that's what Jaden said after the ball game. There was a, a nice decoy there, and he had all sorts of room to run. And what about the flea flicker in the second quarter? Second time they've connected on that.
1: Yeah, I like these play call. It's exciting.
0: Yeah, offensive coordinator Jay Johnson is doing a fine job uh, mixing it up. It's an easy thing to... Well, I don't want to say easy, but you've got a running back of Kenneth Walker stature, and you've got uh, Reed and Naylor, and throw Trey Mosley in there. That's a pretty good trio of wide receivers. Peyton Thorne, he wasn't going to go all season without throwing a pick. Mm -hmm. He did just that in the first quarter, but... Uh, looking forward to a little rebound. That's coming up Saturday night. Homecoming uh, in East Lansing with the Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky coming in. Things and are
1: looking really good in East Lansing. Four and zero, two and zero already in the in the conference. That's great.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I, there's not a whole lot of souls that would have predicted that at mm-hmm. the beginning of the year. Right, But Mel is big. You just keep chopping and, and do what you do. Uh, by the way, according to our good friends at Winbet, uh, please make the Spartans a 10.5-point favorite for that tilt. 7.30 kick on homecoming. I like it. My 15th year in East Lansing, and I've never, ever seen a nighttime home uh, homecoming tilt.
1: Against a non-conference. The Hilltoppers.
0: <laughs> uh, I was not able to watch... Uh, any of the Michigan tilt, Jim Harbaugh and company playing host to those scarlet Knights of Rutgers. And it turns out Rutgers gave them everything they wanted.
1: Yes. Offense sputtered a little bit. Cade McNamara, just nine of 16, 163 yards, no touchdowns. And then Blake Corum, who's been so, so good. Just 21 carries 68 yards, but I'll give Hassan Haskins the shout two touchdowns. All
0: right. Uh, What's going to be interesting, and, Jane, we were talking about it before going on tonight, um, in two weeks, Michigan will be in Lincoln. Now, there's still a lot of scuttlebutt talking to some uh, uh, folks from Nebraska after the uh, tilt Saturday night. Scott Frost, his name is still being thrown around as somebody who maybe has to leave. Mm. The, the the seat, maybe not as hot as it was early in the season, Uh, But that's going to be a big tilt, Yeah. Michigan and Nebraska.
1: Yes. And much like we just talked about the Spartans, kudos to Michigan. They had a little adversity, you know, things not going as they thought against Rutgers. And they force a fumble. They win the game. They get it done. And just like Mel Tucker, Jim Harbaugh says, a win's a win.
0: And he's absolutely right. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Uh, But... Uh, They're going to step it up a notch this week. Uh, The Wolverines, for the first time this season, will be on the road uh, at a very difficult place to play. Madison's a very beautiful, beautiful city. Never been. It's tough. It's tough there. Uh, The Badgers, by the way, uh, are one-point underdogs to Mr. Harbaugh's Wolverines. Uh, That, according, again, to our friends at Winbet. That's a 12 noon kick. Wisconsin. Uh, they're not going to be in a very good mood. They were absolutely manhandled by the uh, Fighting Irish of Notre Dame at Soldier Field.
1: Yeah, they're going to come in with a little something, a little chip on their shoulders. But I think Michigan will, too, because it was ugly last year. Oh, yeah. Michigan-Wisconsin. I think it was 343 rushing yards for the Badgers. Michigan's going to want to win this game.
0: Well, it's going to be, once again, a noon kick. So, uh, all right, that pretty much brings you up to date. On the good news that was on the college side of things, uh, when we come back, more National Football League conversation, and we'll uh, highlight what's going on Monday night, and we'll make a pick uh, for our good friends at WinBet. So make sure you leave it here on the WJR Sportsbook.
3: Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook with Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Sponsored by WinBet. Download the WinBet app today on the Apple Store or on Google Play. Win with WinBet. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds.
0: Not a bad Monday Night Tilt, focusing on the NFC East, the Eagles, to take on the Cowboys on the road. We'll talk about that. Meanwhile, a little celebration of 3-0 teams, International Football League. Uh, One of those would be Matthew Stafford's Rams, 34-24 winners over the visiting Tom Brady-led Buccaneers. And if you're not a fan of what Matthew Stafford is doing then I don't know what to tell you. Uh 27 of 38, 343 yards, four touchdowns, a rating of 134.
1: Yeah, he outplayed Tom Brady. How about that? And you know what? How uh, many touchdowns does he have total? Nine. I believe so. I mean, come on.
0: Brady had a rating of 103. He uh threw for 432 yards and a score. Uh but the Rams are 3 and 0 and uh You can just tell Stafford's just having a blast right now. And he's alluded to the fact that this is what playing in the NFL is supposed to be like. Yes. Big game after big game after big game.
1: I am happy for him. He is playing lights out. The announcers are a little crazy with fawning over him.
0: Yeah, they're a little overboard, you know, for sure. But when you take into consideration what he did while he was here, And I'm talking about on and off the field. A great teammate, Mm -hmm. uh, gave back to the community, uh, was very involved in Mitch Album's say Detroit charity, field named after him, as a matter of fact. Uh, You know, at this point in his career, I'm just happy for him.
4: Yeah,
1: I'm happy for him, too. It seems like a good fit. It also seemed like the Lions, it was time for him to move on from here. So I hope it works out for both parties.
4: And speaking of uh, big games, next week uh, stays just as big. The Rams take on the 3-0 Arizona Cardinals. Where's that Two at? 3-0 teams. It's in Los Angeles. Wow.
1: So far. Also, Matthew Stafford on the Manning cast tonight. Loving the Mannings on Monday night. Just wanted to give them a shout.
0: <laughs> in
1: case they're Consider listening. it
0: done. Yeah. It is great, though. I mean, it's just different.
1: I now, love is, the inside scoop of the plays and them saying, you know, how the plays develop. I love it.
0: Is it sustainable?
1: Mm, for me, it is. I might be the biggest
4: fan.
0: All right. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll see. You uh, watch uh, it as I well? I love
4: it. I don't think we really need a play-by-play guy for, like, every play. Like, we're football fans. We can watch the game and see what's on. Right. Happening. It's right there for you.
1: Yeah. The guest, too. Yes. Yeah, so Rob Gronkowski last
4: week. Tonight is Matthew Stafford, LeBron James, Nick Saban and Chris Long. Uh Matthew's
0: going early? Yep. Got to rush home. <laughs> uh how about Sam Darnold? Getting the uh Panthers at 3 and 0. What the hell's going on there?
1: Again, maybe a guy that needed a change of scenery and now it's working out.
0: Uh the Raiders? They are 3 and 0. Uh the Denver Broncos, also a 3 and 0 football team.
4: That so. might be due to their schedule. They've played the Giants, Jaguars and Jets.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a little on the easy (laughs) side. Uh, So we'll see. Um, Meanwhile, uh, quickly to veer off before our Monday night conversation, uh, you were at Pistons Media Day today.
1: Yes, they had it at LCA. We were in person. We had to wear masks. But it was nice to see the team, the players in person. Troy Weaver talked. He said that the strength of this team will be their energy and their depth. And I think he's right. They got these young guys. Cade Cunningham talked. He seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders. He's not going to pressure himself too much. They're going to protect him and support him. And, yeah, I I think it's great. And I think extending Dwayne Casey is the right move. He's oh, the right guy for love these, this. Love the dude. What do they call it? Restore. They're restoring. Don't call it a rebuild.
0: Yeah, they're going to be very young. Uh, but I, I like what Troy Weaver has done. Look, the Pistons have been off the sports radar in this town. For quite some time. I think the moves that have been made uh, are a step in the right direction to, to, to get him back into some semblance of prominence, uh, at least back on the radar. And they're going to take their lumps along the way. But uh, that being said, uh, Mr. Casey, I think, is the right guy for that job because he's patient. Mm-hmm. And I think he's the type of coach that players want to perform well for.
1: Yes, And he did talk. He's trying to temper expectations. What's the, you know, win total in Vegas? It's like 25 and a half. And he said, that's good. We don't want to put too much pressure on these young guys. But he also said today, quote, why not us? They're going to try and win basketball games, and they are exciting to watch. So. I'm excited for the Pistons.
0: Yeah, me too. Let's get this. uh, Well, season's going to be starting right around the corner. All right. uh, Your Monday night football matchup is as follows. Again, from the NFC East, you've got the Eagles on the road to face those Dallas Cowboys. Uh, The Cowboys are favored by three and a half. Uh, Both teams are one and one. Uh, Jalen Hurts, first primetime NFL start at that QB position. Uh, The former uh, Alabama-Oklahoma star, It'll uh, be interesting to see how he responds. The Cowboys, meanwhile, uh, Dak Prescott, of course. This will be his first start at home since that severe ankle injury last October.
1: Rooting for him. Good dude. Yeah.
0: You know. I thought uh, hard knocks with the Cowboys. Eh, it meh. was all right. Was, uh, yeah.
1: Eh, all Jerry right. Jones, meh.
0: But eh, Jerry Jones. Um, What was the bizarre thing that he did? I mean, they showed him.
1: you're going to have to <laughs> narrow I mean, that down. Be
0: more specific. But there was something that he did. He put salt on a sandwich. Yes, Blake. Oh my
1: yeah. gosh, that's like cutting salt. the um on Seinfeld when they cut the <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Candy bar. It's oh, yeah, that weird.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 kinda out there a little bit. Yeah. And they showed him doing it and he was doing it matter of factly, like, uh oh, put salt on my sandwich all the time. <laughs> um The Cowboys they played the Bucks tough in the opener. It was a 31-29 final. And they were impressive in the 2017 win in LA against the Chargers last week. The Eagles, meanwhile, uh, they're coming off a home loss to the 49ers. Uh, me, I'm all over the Cowboys. I'm laying them points till it hurts.
1: I'm going Eagles and the under defensive oh. game.
0: Really? Mm-hmm. Maybe we could have a side wager.
1: Ooh. Okay. Uh, okay. What are we? <laughs> are we can talk about that later.
0: Well, I would say a six-pack, but uh, our producer, Nick Roddy, I, I, I've won a keg off of him so far this year, so what does it matter?
1: Uh, you, I'll get you a six-pack, but you have to get me a bottle of white wine if I win. I don't want a six-pack. Deal. Deal. All right, the handshake Propert, has taken Salve place.
4: <laughs> so that's on the over-under? No. Or, or just on the line? No, she's got, she's got the eagles in Okay, You're just being clear.
0: All right? That's the kind of guy I am. I'm a gentleman. I give you the, <laughs> the current... Win, bet, spread. (laughs) So there you have it.
1: That's our win, bet, bet of the week right there.
0: It's going to become, you know what, what do you say we just make it an annual thing to close the show?
1: Okay. Annual or weekly?
0: Weekly. (laughs) Based on our picks, I'm sure it'll be very weekly. (laughs) Uh, So we'll see. But, uh, you know, it's just amazing how quick this hour goes.
1: It's fun. I'm having a great time.
0: Because what were we doing for the last 53 minutes? (laughs)
1: Kibitzing. Kibitzing.
0: Uh, yeah, there was lot of kibitz about. Meanwhile, uh, some thank yous uh, before we go. Uh, Blake, look at him over there, living large. Coming right. off the album show, doing this, that, and the other thing. Now you get to go home. What time do you go home? 3 a.m. Oh. Oh, so
1: you Your still have
4: le- yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So a little bit of
3: time. Your day's just begun. Yes. Okay. It's just a
4: short, like, 16-hour day. No big deal.
0: Well, you know what? Better you than me. All right,
4: now, moving on. <laughs>
0: Uh, Nick Roddy, fine job as always. Thank you. And you will be with me in East Lansing on
4: Saturday. Yeah, it'll be my homecoming too.
0: You're a former Spartan. gonna yep. be a lot of fun, Jane. We'll do it again next week, huh?
1: Okay, I'll see you same time, same place.
0: All right, you betcha. Thanks to uh, again to our great friends at WinBet, and as always, thank you very much to yourselves for listening to 760 WJR.